Anyways, hmm. this has been a real humdinger of a discussion. <laughs> this is where I'm at. <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> Do you guys have a podcast? Or? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>talk a little bit today about uh kind of trends and predictions of like the modern workplace um and just kind of how trellis work fits into it that's kind of what i'm thinking so i would be interested to hear uh what either of you think on uh with the workplace constantly evolving what are some like trends that you first see shaping our future of work It's a great question. I know. I'm into this. I'm, I'm super into this. I'm like, now I'm just like trying to fix. I mean, <laughs> I, I do want to, it seems like such an obvious one. So, but like obvious is good probably here. Like I, I think for anybody who works in digital land, you know, where a laptop or a d- desktop is involved with a lot of your work, I think people just need to, realize yes it's very disruptive but like remote first not just hybrid but remote first is where we're landing it's going to be tumultuous but like the idea that that is not where people where we're going to land is somebody's selling you something or own a lot of real estate (laughs) you know commercial real estate you know just that that's where we're landing you know what i mean it might look quite a bit different than where it looks today where where um everybody just stares at these like kind of very basic video call. And I think we are trying to kind of help shape what is the next version of that. You know, like, I think we're part of many, many tools that are trying to make it be a lot more dynamic than just, you know, what zoom calls were during COVID. But I absolutely think that there's, that's, that's sort of the sort of thing you can't put the, can't put it back in the box. Just everybody, it it is a life changing thing. And I think people will start to realize that outside of the, short-term effects of commercial real estate. um, It's actually beneficial to everybody. So I would like that. That's an obvious one, but it's like, I'll put the stake in the ground. I think everybody at this company is a true believer and that is just how the world's going to work. Yeah. True believer. Um, I I think a, maybe this is something that's kind of sets the stage for a number of trends. And, and I think, the what Sam just said is the, what I'm going to say here is a, a part of that, um, which is I think there is I'm not the first person to say this, but I think there is a um, generational shift really kind of based on the idea that, I mean, there are people at this point. I mean, let's see, 2008 recession. So 15 years ago, there are people who whose kind of entire careers that at this point are fairly far along, um, 15 years into it, uh, have happened in a world where I think work and your relationship with your company is 
a lot different than it was when, for example, I was just coming out of college. And certainly, I mean, I'm on the uh, kind of older end, but but not not like I'm on the older half, but can maybe like a younger side of the older half, if that makes any sense. And I guess what I'm saying is like, I think there is a under, uh, uh, maybe underappreciated or undervalued generational shift that is just, is going to continue to happen is going to, is, is kind of unstoppable at this point and is going to push those types of trends to like inevitable in my mind. So when you talk about like, Hey, things are going to go back to normal. Eventually we're all going to be back in the office. Like it was in the old days. Like, those old days are real to only a certain kind of uh, generation, if that makes sense. And uh, there are a lot of people in the workplace right now that even prior to the pandemic um, were, whether it's remote or just the idea of, you know, kind of more gig economy type jobs or, or multiple jobs or whatever, like have been working in a much different mode than someone that graduated in, you know, 2000 or 1990 or whatever. Um, so anyway, that, that less of a trend as much as just a, a coming in hot with, I think that that is a continually underappreciated thing that part of the reason the genie is not going back in the bottle is because of the thing that's always there, which is that there are generational shifts and there are some that are specifically pegged to economic events that have taken place in the last 20 years that have created very different perspectives depending on kind of when your career has taken place, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think it's very, it's well said, but I think it's very weird that like, we we happen to have a world where like 95 to 2001 looked a lot like 2001 to 2012. That's not really normal. Like those two yeah. generations could, in again, in knowledge workers space is really what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these 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 sort of horrible terms for like I work on a computer, I work in tech, I work <laughs> in you know whatever. Um, <clears throat> in those spaces, the two preceding generations of like the Gen Xers, the bleeding edge boomers, you know, who had mm -hmm. been like the really old school tech people, you know, the early Microsofties and all these sorts of people are the the examples that I run into being from Seattle, and. Um, and then the Gen Xers and then these, the millennial, elder millennial groups that I'm a part of, the fact that work looked somewhat similar that whole time, yes, yes. that's an abnormality. That's not yeah. normal. <laughs> it looks wildly different than the fifties. Yeah. And it, you know, like, like this idea that like, <laughs> that, that office work and business uh, and, and knowledge work is the same and there, there's something to return to that needs to be given up on at some point yes. and 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 the, and mm -hmm. it will be very hard to to wrench that out of people's hands that that um the world needs to be updated and that there's an expectation a set of expectations that are different and i don't even know if i know what those set of expectations are i'm not in any way sure. an expert but i think you need to allow for the room for those expectations which are going to be grounded in some things around um a little bit more give and take with your employees, a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more of saying like, this is how I would like to work. And as long as the work is getting done, you know, that was already a shift that had happened with tech, but there was also sort of like a lot of expectations from the tech world that, um, that you kind of had to, to eat it on certain things and just be like, ah, okay, I guess I'll, I'll deal with this 70 hour work week and a lot of redundant work and all these things that, that kind of make no sense and like 
bad managers that nobody ever coached up on how to be a manager and all these things because it was all to the moon. Like we yes. were getting these valuations that were crazy. Like the, the likelihood of getting a job when I lost this job, like all these things were just, it was this rocket ship from 2007 to 2016. Right. And it's like, there's no guarantee of going back to that at all. Yes. And the idea that that lasted for as long as it did was kind of probably pumped up and inflated. And there's not like, there's no, there's probably not another iPhone coming out. You know what I mean? There's probably not, you know, like there's these sort of like the inventions of rest APIs aren't going to happen at the same time as, as iPhone, you know, like all these things that happened, you know? Yeah. Someone's at your door. Sam, Sam, someone's at your door. I have this really cool surface. I have these really cool um, services that allow me to do these cool things because it's new technology. Hold on. Are you taking us along? No, I was just being lazy. Hold on. I want to go. Tell us how it goes. What did you get? It's like an audio unboxing. Uh, Well, I mean, real quick, totally agree with Sam. And I guess my, my only kind of thing is and and again i'm i'm apologize because i'm not directly answering your question as much as kind of this is the foundation on which i think answers to that question might might set is like i think there's so much conversation right now that is a little bit not a little bit is is myopic about um return to work and return to work relative to obviously everyone going remote for the pandemic and kind of living in that world but it's i guess from my perspective the like exogenous shocks that changed how careers start and then how they progress started way before then. And I think Sam's timing is exactly right. Like sort of the confluence of the recession in 2008, going into some major technology changes uh, into, into kind of the 2012 time range. Like, I don't know. I mean, I've talked to plenty of people younger than myself that, you know, a, the going remote for the pandemic was such a huge event, um, of course, and I'm not minimizing that, but to wholly focus on that and treat that as your before and after. I talked to plenty folk, plenty of people that are younger than me that don't see that as the before and after at all when it comes to like changes in career and limitations on mm-hmm. career and sort of fundamental differences on, like I said, how careers start and what they look like. Um, so I, I don't know. I think... Uh, I'll say it one more time. That I, I think there is a, an underappreciated, uh, very different perspective um, that's generational right now that affects opinions on things like this. So yeah, like return to work for, for that reason and many others, it's not return to work, return to the office. Um, mm-hmm. um, like that's a, that, that feels like a no brainer. Of course, we're not going to, going, going to go back and not just because of uh, momentum or, or people organizing and pushing back or, or whatever, but simply just because of generational changes that were afoot before this all even started. Sam, yeah. what did you get? <laughs> Have no. you opened it? <laughs> Does it? You can, doesn't matter if it's private. <laughs> well, now I can't edit this out. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. Let's let's move forward. Uh, yeah, we could keep going. Um, I I completely agree with both of you, and I think that even just like in my own personal like career journey, like thinking back to when I was I'm graduating college, I graduated in 2010. Like I wanted a remote job. Like that was something that I was 
after. So to like think back even then, I mean, it seemed, it seemed much more like a a dream at the time. And and that was part of the reason that I got into being a freelancer is because I wanted that flexibility out. And I knew I could work remotely and still do all these things. I agree with you. I think it's really short-sighted to think that (laughs) this is just a phase or something we're like recovering from the pandemic. Like I think the pandemic just kind of, you know, pulled back the curtain. Like we've all kind of said. So, I mean, that's, that's a, your point there is spot on in in terms of like, not to get too specific, but I'm Mm -hmm. older than you, Sarah. And and what you just (laughs) said, like I would have never said when I graduated and, and I, and your perspective I think is the better one (laughs) to be clear, but it's uh, it it kind of predates like, like that type of, uh, sort of flexibility in a professional white collar mm-hmm. job, even being something that is, you know, on any sort of normal table. Um, mm-hmm. So, and again, just, just reiterate, like, I think it's a change for the better um, in a lot of yeah. ways, but I mean, also, well, certainly haven't figured out how to make the model work well for everybody quite yet. Yeah. I think there's still some work to be done, but I think yeah, like, as we've said, it's become, hybrids become more of the norm or remote has become yeah. the more of the norm. And uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of different ways that teams are going to, are going to collaborate and channel their, pro- or channel or measure their productivity and engagement. And I'd love to hear what you, either of you think on uh, what do you think that's going to look like, or how do you think that's going to change or what tools do you think are going to be in place for hmm. enhancing that? Um, we, we, we've been, Sam and I, well, all of us, I, I feel like th- this is something we've been talking about a lot very recently, like today, <laughs> and, and kind of earlier this week. Um, I think in the kind of putting it through the lens of a trend, I think b- whether again, generational or just uh, shifts that are happening for a lot of different reasons right now, I think, I don't think it's controversial at all to say that I, people would, will be, thinking less about, you know, if this is a a scale, less about their relationship with the company itself that they're working for and more about the relationship with the people around them that they're working with, if that makes sense. And so when I think about um, kind of my own career and how I'm going to measure progress on the career and measure not just progress, but like satisfaction and, um, uh, I mean, enjoyment and what I'm getting out of my, my, my career, I'm thinking about a lot of times, but more realistically, the people around me, my manager, the team that I'm working with, and and being, I think, self-aware enough to say that's something that I want to tune. That's something that I want to focus on and, and develop and so on. And so I think that, um, I mean, that's always been there. So it's not like that's a new concept, but I think prioritizing that and giving idea, giving things like your relationship with your manager or the culture of your team, um, sort of a first order position um, alongside other parts of how you might m- measure your performance or your career, or your job satisfaction. I think that's a trend. I think that's something, and again, again, I don't think that's necessarily a new idea, but I think that's something that will has been happening and will continue to happen. I think previously, and I guess when I say previously, I'm going to go back, you know, 20 some years. Um, the equation would be much more kind of individual to company focused and less individual, less kind of people focused, individual to team or individual to manager or whatever else. Yeah. I I think in the short term, the one thing we've learned this year is it's not 
there, there was this logical leap that I don't think it's a leap, to be honest, of like, oh, man, AR, VR, uh, metaverse makes so much sense. Like, we're, we just got to <laughs> figure out a way to recreate the in-person experience, literally. Like, I actually don't think that that's a, some horrific decision that people made of like oh well with remote like like i'm sure like without a lot of thought that that kind of makes sense and i think in the long long term there is probably going to be some element of that some need for like shared virtual spaces in some way the technology is not really there and the um sort of language the sort of whatever black swan sort of he like like a revolution (laughs) of either the interface or the the language we have around it it's just not there so and the the now it seems like the corporate will kind of in the same way where like we probably would be a lot further along with um augmented reality if like the response to google glass wasn't so bad uh yes <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like we yeah. would be a lot further along like i really do believe that right <laughs> Yeah, for totally valid reasons, strapping a camera and a weird block of like crystal to your face is what it looked like was not and always on possibly always on camera was not in most people's they weren't very stoked about that. Um, In the same way that like the implementation and the companies doing the implementation of AR, VR, metaverses and metaspaces killed that that thing. So like, I think it's actually going to happen but much further out so hmm. the question becomes okay but that utility of like needing new verbs and new spaces to be to exactly what you said ben like create like the job of of software isn't always to just do work now the job of software is to facilitate connection between yeah, human yeah, yeah. beings at work you know what i mean because sometimes like the value you have to repl- replicate all the things that offices were doing and get rid of all the stuff that offices were doing poorly, you know, like, and, you know, there's yes. one thing we didn't talk about with like the, the thing that I think people so easily throw out is like remote is such a leveler, like remote is such yeah. an accessibility win. Like remote allows people who just cannot get to an office to do jobs that they were unable to do. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's such a, um, it's such a win for so many groups that like um, now the question is, how do you take that and sort of like pour back in all the good stuff of the office while getting rid of all the the commute, the pollution, the, you know, like all these things that were bad about the office, the useless meetings, the, the you know, problematic politics, like all these things, you know, like let's get rid of those things, but let's keep the good, the get rid of the bad things, keep the good things. And so, I think software that is more about connection and more about um, empathy. And and I know those are very broad, but that's because we don't really know what it's going to look like. Um, but I think Brent's point about like, suddenly software isn't just going to be about compliance or getting work done. It's going to be about connecting people in a really kind of more honest way. Yeah. Obviously, we're making a bet on that because that's like, that's kind of what Trellis works going to try to be, you know, and so um whether or not we crack it i think somebody's going to be working on cracking it and and i again i just don't think it, it's not going to look like the metaverse at the beginning mm. but it's going to try to do the same it, those, those were hunting for the same answers you know what i mean it's like it's worth looking at those and seeing like what were they trying to do they were trying to make connections with other humans be it was trying to make collaboration better it was trying to make um 
you know, trust go up because I could see that when you blinked, I could watch your doll eyes blink <laughs> in, in the metaverse, you know, like, like, yeah, that's well, it, it was a big announcement, you know what I mean? Like, um, but like, these are the, these are the things. And so layers that just allow for, like, we had some big revolutions around collaboration, uh, Miro and Figma being huge wins and that, you know, but like, okay, what's next on that yeah. is, is what I'm the most interested in. Obviously it's what, you know, like there's a real, obviously some self-serving thoughts in there because that's what Trellisworks trying to solve. Well, yeah. I, I, and I think just to, to jump on there a little bit, um, your, your kind of point about, um, pardon me, uh, the trend moving towards more towards this kind of just connecting with people and, and valuing that and so on. I mean, I think that's what, what came to mind is you kind of look at, there was a moment in time, and this is, I'm going to mix my metaphor here a little bit, but there was, I, I distinctly remember, I don't know what year it was, 2012, maybe a little bit earlier. There was a moment in time when um, kind of mobile and mobile first and having apps for uh, for whatever it is I wanted to do in my personal life was an absolute given. And I remember like very consciously, you know, I was working on something at a kind of big enterprise company and having kind of doing the work and the thinking and everyone kind of knowing this is unavoidable. Like the company itself has to adopt these types of technologies and these types of behaviors and these types of expectations, because like the, the, whatever you're getting at your job and whatever, what your outside, your life outside of your job are not two different worlds. Right. Like, and so the expectations are being set outside of your job that I can do all these sorts of different things. I connect in these different ways. And, it's the uh, ability to then go into work and put on blinders and have to work with a lesser tool set or a lesser set of capabilities is only going to go on for so long. Like you can't assume that that dam won't break. And in a weird way, things now um, a little bit around like, so this is where my metaphor breaks down a little bit because I feel like the shift now is, is maybe at least what I'm, my point here is less about technology and more about like in kind of our personal lives and in kind of the culture we're living in, there are a lot of, I think, really healthy kind of examinations. And and part of this is driven by the pandemic, uh, but plenty of it's other things around our, how we're connecting with human beings around us and how we're prioritizing relationships and how we are um, thinking about things like equity and inclusion um, in a very real, like honest way. And again, I'm like someone 10 years younger than me is going to be far more articulate and thoughtful about this. And that just continues. Right. And so I think, um, your, your point's right, which is like prior to now, I don't think we've thought about like, okay, at work, that's something that maybe software can help us with. And that that's something that we need to prioritize and make a first order thing. But like that, that dam's going to break, like that expectation doesn't last. Like, as soon as we get smart and sophisticated about treating uh, these sorts of things in our personal lives or just our lives outside of work um, a certain way, like it's only a matter of time before we expect that when we go to work as well. So my point here is, <laughs> I think a trend of um, in the office, whether it is about tooling, about process or whatever else, kind of setting up the foundation so that we can have genuine conversations about how am I connecting with my team? How am I creating, you know, better and more resilient and healthier relationships? And how am I thinking about things like diversity, equity, inclusion, or whatever else? Um, like the trend is very obvious. The, those things only become more real. Those things only become more kind of first order things, first order objects at work. No, I completely agree. And I think, yeah, kind of going back onto what you were saying earlier with multiple generations in the workforce, there's just, 
the way that we're communicating and how, yeah, and how and what are those priorities and expectations have definitely shifted. And I think they've just been magnified in the last few years. So I guess, what do you think, or how do you think trellis work, how are we going to implement that into our product and our app? What kind of things are we thinking about to, yeah, make a more collaborative and uh, a collaborative space, I guess is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, there's so many different places we can go and there's obviously a lot more research to be done, but like the number one thing is sort of this fundamental thing around it's a space to be active in, I think is a big thing that we built into the core of the app that has been kind of even revolutionary to use, you know, like, we kind of built it and then we're like, oh, that's really cool. It's like kind of this always on space that's very active. And when a change happens, I see it immediately. And like the architecture of sort of these like kind of super web sockets that we have um, is really kind of life-changing in that way where it's like, oh, okay, well, if it's this always on space, what can we do to make it feel more like we're all just sitting in a room together? And it's just like a, uh, it's a playground of, of like, you know, it feels like we're all sitting around a table and there's a lot of markers and paper and, and you know, laptops and various things on the table that we can go interact with and sort of and sort of do activities on. It's, you know, it's a space for that. It's like, you know, there's there's literally whiteboard tools out there and that's really good for whiteboarding. But there's also sort of just like, what can I, um, what more purpose-built stuff can I build that is like these active spaces to do purpose-built activities on. And I like the nice thing is that's kind of built into the DNA. And so like, as we're doing things like icebreakers and polls, you know, we're starting to see like, there's kind of this yes and sort of element of like, we, oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that and we can do that. And we basically just built a, as I was saying today, like we basically built a game show machine, you know? And like we, you know, we, uh, <laughs> there's just like all sorts of interesting, fun, collaborative things. We were showing somebody a, the product today and they were saying oh man you could really use you know they saw the round table and they, they liked it but they also even said like roles and giving people hats and like jobs you, like you could go really far into like in this moment you're allowed to do these things and not allowed to do these things and how that works with all sorts of agile methodologies of, like your job is to do this you know like assigning roles you know like so like the, just it feels like it's built into the what we're here to do the, the biggest thing is how do we as designers and product owners um do that in a light touch way there's a way to over engineer that right but how do we do that in a light touch way that, so that it's just like this toolbox of things that allow you to effortlessly have this sort of move through this app that allows you to say oh it's time to follow this person and it's time to throw the ball to this person and let them talk it's time for um you know, whatever else the, you know, get some feedback. It's time to, um, you know, I was thinking about like how easy it would be to run various workshops and then share the output of the workshop and realizing you could already do a lot of this without even building purpose-built stuff. But we could also go build the purpose-built version of it that just sits on this technology and presents it slightly differently. Um, and, and 
I don't know exactly all the, like, I think our users and the people that, you know, these target markets that we're talking about of like these sort of younger people that demand empathy and accountability out of their software <laughs> and their teams are going to help us build the, these things. But the nice thing is I'm not too worried about that. And I guess is my thing in that we'll be held to a high standard on that, but luckily it's built into the, the to the, the DNA of the app. Does that make yeah. sense? I, what are you asking me? Because yeah, in general, <laughs> yes. Let me tell you the answer to your question, Sam. Uh, no, I mean your your DNA comment there at the end is honestly the, so much of this, from my perspective, comes down to some very foundational design um, aspects of the app, which is all credit to the two of you, for goodness' sake. So I'm I'm going to speak for your work here, um, but I think that I think something very simple but that has had sort of continuing consequences um good consequences um as we've as we're now months into it um has been that the app itself is sort of first and foremost like i said very foundationally uh oriented or architected around people and different configurations of how people do work and not oriented and architected around work first and then sort of connecting people to work in whatever way, whatever form and function the work takes, if that makes any sense. And I think I think there is another way that you could build our app, and I think this is how a lot of apps are built, and not necessarily for bad reason, which is you start with the work. You say, okay, uh, whether it is projects or it's code or it is design artifacts or whatever, like this, this application is going to be architected around that as kind of our fundamental, either atomic or foundational unit, whatever it is. And then we'll start to layer on capabilities and, and abstractions and whatever else on top of that. Importantly, I would say our application starts with, and sort of, again, our atomic unit, our sort of foundation, like I said, configurations of people, <laughs> to, to put it in like a, the most... Uh, 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 the driest sense, but like it starts with teams. It starts with connections, one-on-one -on -one connections, you know, two people or just ad hoc groups working together, whatever it might be. But that being kind of the fundamental navigation sort of data collection, everything else of the app has had, I think, very functional consequences, which is, I mean, a lot of what we've talked about from a value prop standpoint, like when you do it that way, now the team has history and context, and we can do things like create space for team charter and culture and have that actually have meaning and be operational. So there are all these like very quantifiable um, value points that come from that. But also just from an experience standpoint, like there's an, there's this interesting aspect of like I go into the app and because of those spaces and because of that context, like it feels very similar to the very human sort of way of doing work where sometimes I'm working just with Sam and there is context and there is style and there is kind of everything else that goes into just whatever that working relationship happens to be. And then sometimes I go into a different room and I'm working with these four people who are my team for X, Y, Z, and that's a different style and that's a different context and that's a different feel. And that's, that's a good thing. And so again, I'm probably saying a very like one-on-one version of product design, which you two have done very elegantly, I think that decision um, both creates a, a powerful experience, but then, like I said, also a very just powerful quantifiable value um, because of the decision to, to root the app in people and not work. Did you mean to do that? Good job. <laughs> I, Was that an accident? Did you guys just stumble into that one? 
I mean, you did, didn't you? <laughs> no, I think we've been very intentional. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I love it. Yes, I like round I mean... buttons. You know, <laughs> <laughs> blue's a pretty color. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I know we're at time, but I have one more question. Ready? Uh, because I think as we're talking about like trends and the future and how we predict things are going to change, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention AI in yeah. this moment. I've heard of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as far as that is concerned. Uh, yeah, where do you where do you see that fitting into our application? And is it the future of work? How is that going to play into <laughs> things? <Future of> work. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to say is like the reason I didn't really even bring it up when I was talking about like the trend is like uh, the way I think about it right now, which might be very idealistic, is jobs will still exist. They might change a lot. Like what you do in your job might change a lot, and certain jobs might disappear. But like people doing work at jobs will still exist and the human problems of running a team will still exist. So like, I do think people's jobs are going to be massively impacted by AI, but the things that we're interested in won't change. So like, I yeah. try to calm myself down Like, as a designer, I'm like, what in the world's gonna happen? You know, as a person mm -hmm. building a tool for teams, I'm less worried about it in terms of like, oh my God, is this some sea change and it's never going to be the same and, and there's no point in it. Is it? You know, like, it's not like that. Um, so just like, why did I not bring that up? Well, yeah, I do think some jobs are just going to be eliminated and, you know, I'll definitely get on my soapbox for universal basic income and like though there's some societal things that will have to change probably and all those things. But like, if you do work at a job, those problems will not be solved. That's not what AI is good at solving, as far as I understand. <laughs> you know, as, as anything I've ever seen, that's not where the the where it will be deployed. But where it could be folded into our app, I absolutely think that there's lots of little places and nudges and and creature comforts that could be um, spun up. They're just going to be probably. Like you will barely notice that they're AI. I don't think other than in the short term where it might be fun to kind of be like, AI, check it out. It's AI, you know, like <laughs> yes. um, that might be a cost of doing business. Ben, you might agree there, but like, <laughs> I, I, think, I think like, uh, I think the hope would be where we're folding it in. It's around optimization and looking at what you're doing yes. and coaching you up and going like, you know, you make a lot of posts that use this language. Maybe you might want to, you know, with your, you know, I've noticed with this person, you use a lot of this language. This person uses a lot of this language. You might want to watch that, you know, like giving you analysis of how your work and talk, giving you analysis of like suggested things like you haven't had this topic for a while, just sort of being something there to monitor that is a third party that is kind of neutral um, is an obvious place. And also just helping craft um packages of uh, when you're working with language like right now a lot of the ai seems to be around these language packages it's like when you're working with all these these text blocks you know we can definitely help to optimize those or help to generate some things that when you're sitting there as a manager going i have very little brain power left uh i have to craft a one-on-one -on -one or 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 a proposal for certain things or um you know we have a decision to make and i'm trying to get some information down from my head to, I think one of the best things AI does is start your brain 
so that you're more in an editing mode than a generating mode. And we can we can take advantage of all those things. Like I think that there's some very obvious places for that. I don't know if there's like some wild other places we could go. Um, but I know Ben spent a lot of his time thinking about this. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think the way you, the way you frame that is exactly right. I mean, the the kind of common thing to say right now of like every company should be thinking about this. Every company should be using this. I I mean, there's some real truth to that. And so I mean, Sam, you got it right. Like are are there are there completely not just opportunities but like you know must haves on our on our list right now of things that are about content generation or about um processing and understanding unstructured um information or or just human language and and making that more structures that so that we can do something with it um 100 and do those th- like is it probably going to very quickly if not already become a fundamental that you know, if you're not doing that, you're getting left behind. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm kind of on board with that. And so I think we're pretty, um, uh, I think we're thinking pretty well about how we're going to mix those types of technologies into our app. That said, I think where you started, Sam, is exactly right too, which is what I'm talking about here is about, you know, a technology choice like any other, albeit that this one's really powerful and really important, which is how are we plugging in certain technologies into specific features in this app to basically do what the app is trying to do. But the kind of fundamental do what the app is trying to do, this is about connecting people together and making people, you know, work together well as a team and, and be able to prove, you know, how that team is working together over time. And I've said it a million times, but make that team more than the sum of its parts. That's a very human type problem. And so, yeah, I think the the AI sort of roadmap for us is very assistive and very, very much taking advantage of these things that are happening right now with large language models and everything else for either content or for automation. Um, But that's in service of the larger mission, which um, I'm not saying isn't AI as much as I think for us, it's just a... It continues to be another technology in the tool belt, as it should. Yep. Cool. Agreed. Those are my questions for you today. I almost just said your outro. Oh, I'm waiting. I know. Just, just, I'll allow it. I'll totally allow it. I don't. Great work, everyone. (laughs) I I think I feel good about it. I think I do too. I, I, it's it's a little bit like, you know, substitute teacher, but I know. Uh, I want it to be said in a way that is insulting. Mm. Like, like that you're somehow like sarcastically. Uh, nice great try, work, everyone. Exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. Yes. We'll try again next week, I guess. 